This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to the Games for Girls podcast. Uh, this week, I am super excited because we have a panel of brave girls. Um, we have four of the amazing girls from University of Wyoming who are part of the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority uh, who are now suing Kappa Kappa Gamma for allowing a male by the name of Artif- Artemis Langford into their sorority. Um, of course, this is a male who now identifies as a woman, and for merely saying he is a woman, he was allowed to join uh, these girls filed a lawsuit with six of the girls being plaintiffs and six of the girls being witnesses uh, earlier in the year, to which the judge came back and ruled, which keep in mind this judge is like 90 years old, uh, ruled that they were not able to define woman, so the sorority could do whatever they wanted to do. They could define woman however they wanted. Uh, But these girls, uh, they were not taking this as an adequate answer, and so they have restructured their lawsuit and they are pushing forward. Um, They have got the fight and tenacity that a lot of people, a lot of men even, are lacking. Uh, and so I am proud to, to say that I'm their friend um, and, of course, to stand alongside them in this fight. And so check out the sorority uh, with the Kappa Kappa Gamma girls and their attorney, May Mailman. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, this is incredibly exciting for me because it's, it's, I feel like it's pretty rare uh, that I get to talk to a lot of brave young women. Um, what you guys are doing, how you've really set the precedent is incredibly admirable. And like I said, it's, it's really just brave. Um, I know being a college age girl, uh, dealing with these issues, you're under a lot of scrutiny. So I couldn't be more proud of you and really thankful for you guys. Uh, but before we really get into anything, uh, of the asking of you guys questions, I wanted to start with May Mailman, who is the, uh, attorney, the lawyer who has taken this case on. Um, with the Independent Women's Law Center, a phenomenal woman. She does phenomenal work. Would you mind just kind of giving a brief overview of what you guys are doing to lay it out for all the listeners? Absolutely. So after these women um, had to deal with Kappa Kappa Gamma National Headquarters, forcing them to initiate a male, Uh, They bravely filed suit in the District of Wyoming. The district court, unfortunately, ruled against them. Um, They said that even though Kappa contractually promised that it was a women's only organization, the contract says that a new member shall be a woman. The judge said, well, woman doesn't really have a definition here in that contract, in the bylaws, so Kappa can define it or think about it however it wants. So it said that the women were basically not allowed to sue. So what IWF is doing now is we are helping with their appeal. So the appeal is in the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a court that's headquartered in Denver. And we are arguing a few things. So one is absolutely woman has a meaning. You don't have to define every single term that is in a document. That is not how the English language works. Sometimes the English language just has meaning. 
Um, and so woman has a meaning. It is biological female. It's always been biological female since 1870 when Kappa Kappa Gamma was founded. It is biological female. Um, but then also we point out a couple of legal reasons why the court was wrong to toss this case. You can't just say that an organization can do whatever it wants. No, organizations have contracts with their members. They write those contracts through their bylaws and organizations are bound to follow them. And there's tons of case law why. So we're very hopeful on appeal, but uh, that that's the legal stuff. These women are the ones who have lived it every day are still living it and um you know had had the the foresight to force this issue to come to the court wow and you're exactly right uh these are four of the several uh brave plaintiffs and witnesses who have signed on to this lawsuit um and so again i just want to express my gratitude for you guys um you might not think it, but it makes issues that we're dealing with in women's sports. Uh, of course, they're all related in terms of, I would say, the gaslighting and the emotional blackmail. And again, redefining sex-based terms that in the nearly 250 years we've been established as a country, and of course, a lot longer than that, we've never struggled to define. Um, it's, it's all very related. And so I wanted to thank you guys again. Um, I want to take you guys back, though, to when you first learned found out that you would be um, having to accept a male into your sorority houses, um, into your sorority house, the feelings you guys felt, um, again, relating this to, to the feelings I felt, I can only imagine, uh, because of course, a sorority house, that's a very intimate space. Um, you guys were promised sisterhood. Um, and so Hannah, I, I guess I'll ask you, um, what, did, what were those feelings you guys had? It was... A lot of not knowing the right thing to do. Like, are we supposed to, like, stand there and welcome this individual or, like, do something about it? Um, I, like, personally, I, like, did not know what to do. And I talked to my parents and they're like, this is not okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one who feels like this. And Maddie was my roommate at the time. And we're like, this is not, this is not okay. This has not been able to happen in the first place, like, guide guidelines-wise. Um, so after finding out that more people felt the same way, I'm like, okay, this, something needs to be done. Um, so we went through the chain of command, through headquarters, through every, anyone who would answer an email or a phone call pretty much until they quit replying to us. Um, and then it was just like one more email, one more phone call. My dad kept making phone calls. He's like, okay, this is the last one. Um, then I made that last ditch effort saying, okay, this is it. I'm done. I did did what I needed to do. And then I got a phone call from Patsy <laughs> and I literally was in class and I got the phone call. Cause my mom's like, this alumni is going to be calling you. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, she's going to have something bad to say. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get my butt shoot right here. And she was like, if you want to take this to the next step and you can get girls on our side, let's do it. And I said, Oh my gosh. I like, finally, like we have more support than we ever known. And even at that time, it was just like amazing to have one alumni on our side. And now we have a whole network and just crazy, like the support and overwhelming, you know, power behind us now. It's awesome. Absolutely. Um, Patsy, she is one of the alumni. Uh, There's several, as you mentioned, who have kind of joined on to help you guys, um, whether that be with financial help, whether that be, um, of course, garnering more support from other even sororities. And so they've been absolutely phenomenal. 
but there's a big story that broke a couple weeks ago where even some of the alumni were totally, uh, I believe, banned from, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly because I'll admit, uh, and I told this to you guys when I was in Wyoming, at University of Wyoming with you guys, I have no understanding of sororities. Uh, my swim team was kind of like my sorority, and we call ourselves the Kappa Kappa Goggles. Uh, and it certainly felt like a sorority when you have 40 girls on a team, especially being team captain of that team. Uh, again, I kind of feel the sisterhood in the family. I'm sure that you guys felt, but of course, it's different to a degree. Um, so, Allie, I, I know that you have now since graduated. Uh, you've had these alumni helping you. They've been ultimately banned. Uh, what has their support really meant to to you guys? Um, honestly, it's meant everything because at the beginning of this, we were like, okay, this is wrong. We know this is wrong. We need to say something about it. But where do we go? What do we do? Like, how, how do we start this process? And these alumni are the ones who came to us and they're like, we agree, this is wrong and we need to do something about it. So they were incredibly helpful in putting us in the right contact with the right people to get things going and moving and just being able to figure something out, figure out a plan and be able to fight this because, I mean, it's just so important for us to fight it. And the more time goes by, the more I realize how much more important it is. Um, I mean, I just found out that I'm going to be an aunt and I'm getting a niece. I'm so excited. But I'm like, the more time goes on, I'm like, we have to fight this. I want my niece to be able to play sports and not have to fight against men and or join a sorority and not have to live with a man, you know, like all of these things that I got to experience, I want her to have. And it's just without the alumni, we wouldn't be where we are today. What was kind of the, the general consensus among the sisters and among leadership specifically on University of Wyoming's campus? Um, did you feel support from other people who aren't necessarily signed on to the lawsuit? Or do you feel um, as if some of your sisters, sorority sisters, um, accepted and kind of embraced this this male student with open arms? There is definitely some mixed reviews. Um, I would say overall, we do have more support than the opposing views. But I mean, it was pretty split. Once we came out publicly about saying how this made us feel and how we did not agree with it, then the girls who were very much for it started to treat us very poorly. And so the girls who kind of were on our side or were neutral, saw how we were being treated and was very like, okay, I don't want anything to do with this because I don't want to get treated like that, which, you know, it's fair enough. It sucked for us at the time, um, but it's, you, it, there's a price to pay for standing up for what's right. And we definitely have learned that. Um, I don't regret it at all. I would do it a hundred times over. That's for sure. But it's just, you know, it's a very controversial thing, which is crazy to me because it just seems like common sense. But um, obviously it's not because of woke agendas and people trying to do what they think is the nice thing, even though they're not thinking about what it does to actual women. And I found myself when I heard about this, I found myself conflicted because trying to put myself in your all shoes, what I would want to do in this scenario, um, is this something you kind of walk away from entirely? You know, do you drop the sorority and essentially quit or do you stay and fight. And so Maddie, I wanted to ask you kind of your opinion on that. Um, what do you think here? Do you think girls and donors um, should ultimately pull out entirely? Or do you or do you think they stay? I think we should stay. And here's why I personally want to stay in Kappa for two reasons. One, because after this all went down, 
um, we were told that if we didn't like a male being in our, our sorority house, then we didn't, um, didn't like Kappa's values. We weren't true Kappa's and that we should drop. And that's not okay with me. And I think that's a huge reason in itself to keep fighting. And my second reason is I love being in Kappa. I have learned so much. I've grown so much. And I mean, I've met Kappa's across the country ages 18 to 87. And we have that, like that bond that you don't get anywhere else. And it's something worth fighting for because I want every girl to be able to have the same experience that I've had. Yeah. I love that. How you said it's worth fighting for because it really is. Um, and I, I have talked to Sophia Laurie, who's another, uh, she's a girl from California who's filing a lawsuit. Um, and I asked her a kind of similar question, uh, in regard to the state of California. Uh, we have a lot of people fleeing that state leaving because they just think it's a lost cause. And she kind of had the same response, you know, California, it's worth fighting for. And if, if she doesn't fight, if you guys don't fight, who will? Um, so I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I don't think it's your all's job to have to leave what is what you're entitled to, which, as I said earlier, um, is sisterhood when you're joining a sorority. Um, I wanted to ask you really quick, May, too, because I, I just thought of something. and I'm curious. Is Kappa the only sorority who has kind of taken this approach, this stance? Or are there other sororities who are kind of doing the same thing? Um, just without, I guess, the same national attention that Kappa has gotten? Well, it's very unfortunate, Riley, but uh, all of the Panhellenic sororities, which are, um, you know, the I guess the traditional Greek letter organizations on campus, technically have signed on to Panhellenic policies that define woman in what's in your brain terms rather than sex-based terms. Of course, that's totally nonsensical. There's no such thing as a lady brain. But um, yeah, so so all of the sororities are at risk of initiating a male. At the end of the day, though, each sorority, it's it's their own decision about who to initiate. So even though each sorority has sort of signed on to panelettics policies, and that's dangerous and, you know, IWF does plan to do something about that, uh, you know, preview that's coming soon. At the end of the day, it is the sorority that's making these decisions. So we know that Kappa has made uh, this decision. We also know that FIMU, for example, has kicked out some of its alumni for disagreeing with FIMU's stance on accepting males. There's no lawsuit from people in FIMU chapters. So the reason why Kappa is so nationally prominent is one, you know, the women in front of you are the ones who who brought this to light and are helping share this information, which otherwise would not have been universally known. But also Kappa has just really gone above and beyond a lot of the other sororities. I mean, very much feeling free to put a lot of political statements out there and and making it a little bit of an unfriendly place to be like a, an average American. And, and so hopefully that message is being received by Kappa's leadership, which is Kappa is supposed to be a diverse place. Sororities are diverse places. People think all sorts of things. There's no such thing as women have to believe a certain thing in order to be a true woman. No, we are, you know, 
we're, we like men can can have our own thoughts and that's you know that's part of this fight which is you you can disagree and still be a woman and still be a kappa this episode is brought to you by paramount plus an unlikely friendship begins in the paramount plus original movie little wing starring brooklyn prince with kelly riley and brian cox reeling from her parents divorce caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home but instead forms a bond with the owner leading to a new outlook on life little wing now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess I didn't ask this question too, and it, it's because it's something I already know after talking with you guys and understanding kind of the severity of what you guys were dealing with, what some of you still are dealing with. Um, I'll ask you, Allie, again, because again, I know you're out of the sorority and you've graduated and, and since moved on. Um, when this male was allowed into your sorority, was this a different process than what the girls, any other girl, uh, what you all even had to go through to get admitted and accepted and initiated into Kappa? Yeah, it was different than how it usually goes. Um, so this individual went through our formal recruitment, um, where they go and see all the houses and all the houses turned down this individual, um, not necessarily because he is a male, but because nobody had anything in common with him. You know, it's it's a very mutual process when you choose your house. And so no one had anything in common with him. So all the houses dropped him. So then we have continuous open bidding, which we call COB. And that is a process where you can go and contact the house and say, hey, I'm still interested in joining and go through a less formal way of getting in. And so our membership chair um, reached out to this individual and went through the process to get admitted and we had to vote on it. Um, Before this vote, it went different than it has ever in the past in my four years there. Like I said, I I was a senior when this happened. Um, And we had to vote through a Google doc form and put our emails in. So it wasn't anonymous, like it should have been. Um, And before this vote also, some of the girls in my pledge class stood up and gave speeches about how if you did not give membership to this individual, then you are transphobic and you didn't align with Kappa's values and you shouldn't be here if you don't let this person in. And so there is a little bit of bullying sort of um, to be able to get this person in. And the vote happened not only once, but twice. We had to vote twice on this. Um, So there was just a lot of things that happened with it that were very sketchy um, to say. And like, it just, it didn't feel right from the very beginning. So it was not the same as any other girl who got into that sorority. No, and that's a classic tactic uh, that's used, I would say, um, across the board regarding the gender ideology movement as a whole is name calling and fear mongering and saying, well, if you don't do this, then you're this, um, which is just silly and wrong. And it places someone else's internal torment on your shoulders as a young girl, when that shouldn't be something that, that you all have to carry. And so Jalen, I wanted to ask you now, um, someone who's still a part of the sorority. I mean, do you, I, I can't imagine this actually aligns with Kappa's values. And so do you see this as something that they truly believe or is this kind of your classic case of virtue signaling again, which I, I feel like we see pretty often happening. I feel like this really is the classic case of 
people have these virtues and they don't see how things play out until it's too late. And it's one of those things that once you take a, a stance, like, of course, everybody wants to be more accepting, but you don't look at what you're doing and why these boundaries were set up in the first place. I mean, I truly believe that everybody should find a space of their own, but it shouldn't be able to compromise those spaces that make us feel safe. And That's there's really true. that value that we all see um, just from that virtue standpoint that there's a lot of girls in the sorority who want to be accepting and who've even told me themselves that they feel really uncomfortable by what's happening, but they're just too scared to speak out because they don't want to be labeled as transphobic. Absolutely. Uh, because being kind, being inclusive, those are great things. Of course they are. And I think even as women, it's something we innately are those things. We are more empathetic. We are more kind of emotionally driven. Uh, but I, I think this has, we've crossed that line of um, when this continues to happen, it's actually not inclusive. It's exclusive. Um, and so I kind of wanted to leave it open to any of you now. What's the call to action here? Uh, what can we do, I think, as concerned citizens, especially as I would imagine sorority sisters across the nation, uh, not limited to just Kappa. Um, I would imagine every sorority, regardless of age, like you mentioned, Maddie, whether you're 18 years old or 87 years old, what's the call to action here? What can people do? Well, I honestly think that one of the most important things is to speak up when these spaces get compromised. I think that there's actually a strong majority of people who are super uncomfortable. I've had lots of people tell me again that they agree with what we're doing, but they're scared of the attention it draws because they don't want to get backlash. So I think the most important thing for just any citizen is to stand up for what you believe in and preserve these women's spaces ultimately. To piggyback off of Jalen, I would just say recognizing that putting like inclusivity and being kind, I guess, and welcoming these versus jeopardizing safety, not only in sororities, but in sports, bathrooms, locker rooms, like it's not a safe situation for for anyone in that uncomfortable position. If you're ever put in that, like we were just recognizing that it's okay to feel uncomfortable and say something about it, because if everyone just sits back and lets it happen, it's going to, it's going to erase like women's sports. It's going to erase sororities. Um, it's going to erase a lot of things that women have worked really hard for. Um, like it's just, it's just so sad to think about if no one stands up and no one joins the fight. Um, it's just, it's not going to end well for women at all. Absolutely. Um, what, what can we expect next? What's the next step in the lawsuit that we can all be following along um, and really cheering for you guys for? I guess, May, you're probably the best um, person to answer. Well, um, so law lawsuits are very boring. So everyone has to stay tuned for some boring stuff before we have some fireworks. Uh, we filed our brief at the beginning of December. Kappa is going to respond at the beginning of January saying it can do whatever it wants. And then we will respond to Kappa um, a month after that. So the beginning of February, clarifying our position, responding to any particularly crazy arguments. And then the court is going to hear oral argument. That should be fun. I mean, if you ever want to know what a definition of a woman is, you have an opportunity to listen to a federal court argument about it. And then the court will come to its decision when it comes to it. You know, the thing about court cases is they don't really have timelines. The judges 
can basically make their decision uh, whenever they want, which is, of course, rough for these girls because they uh, are sitting there without any you know, any solution until the court comes to their defense. So we hope that the court, and we will reiterate this, that they need to take this on quickly um, because there are people actually being harmed. And one other thing that the public can do, which is we do need to put some pressure on Panhellenic uh, to let them know that they are not speaking for all women, not speaking for all sorority women. So if you uh, go to Independent Women Forum website, you can sign up for Independent Women's Network too. There will be some news about ways that the public can participate in a pressure that we're going to put on Panhellenic. And what we've seen uh, on this issue and many others is pressure works. Uh, they kind of what, again, what has been the general consensus is they like to move in secrecy and behind closed doors and kind of just spring this upon um, people on their own timing. Uh, but when they realize that the public is outraged, um, we saw this with St. Mary's recently, an all females Catholic institution uh, that then allowed males uh, into their soror or into their school, to which, of course, the public was outraged, and very quickly they changed their policy, making St. Mary's once again an all Catholic university. And there's many stories, uh, or an all women's Catholic university. So there's many stories just like that. Uh, so pressure works. Keep the pressure on them. Uh, I believe it's necessary and urgent. Um, and you girls, again, thank you for finding the strength and the tenacity and the grit to take this on, not just for yourselves, but for so many who stand beside you, who came before you and who will continue to come after you. Uh, you have totally set the precedent um, with this case, again, far, far broader than you could ever even imagine. Thank you for joining the podcast this week. Um, as May said, everyone should go to IWF.org. That is for Independent Women's Forum. Uh, they have got some phenomenal resources on how to get involved, how to uh, support these girls, um, and a lot broader uh, on these issues that are affecting women, adversely, of course. Um, so again, www.iwf.org. Uh, thanks for joining. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcasts. You can check it out at outkick.com. Uh, and we will see you again next week.